Well, hello. Chattanoogas or Chatterati or... What was the other one? Chatterinos. You've named yourselves. No one could find any kind of consensus, so why not just call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, I say. That's in our modern world. Um, I am talking to a student of mine, Min Goodwin. Uh, delight. What an absolute delightful person. So let's get to it. Yeah, oh, that must be very nice. Yeah, a little bit rainy, but oh, you know, not the worst. Up to uh, it's stereotype then if it's raining in Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, so, do you have any questions about like how this works or? Um, not especially. I mean, what are, what sort of stuff are we talking about? Well, I was going to just talk about stuff from school until now. Awesome. What you're up to. It's basically catching up, but recording it. Um, I wanted to cover a few things uh, just about, you know, your life and such and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want what to. What I don't want to do is go, all right, men, teach us all about uh-huh. what it's like, what yeah. it's like <laughs> uh, transition when you're at high school. But uh-huh. I want to talk to you about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. All right, well, I'll have to put on my professional voice, which is exactly mm-hmm. the same as my normal voice uh, with like differences. Um, I did ask my kids today because uh, uh, I, I always say, like, oh, I've got to go and record. I've got to record a podcast. And like, oh, who are you talking to? And I just said, oh, I'm talking to Min. And they're like, who's that? You remember Min. I taught Min two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Noelle said, oh, yeah, I painted her nails. So I was like, that's wow, right. that's a good memory. Yeah. Uh, and Violet said that she uh, got to ask you some questions, I guess, that you were really, that she had, I, I, I'll get into it in a bit more detail, but yeah. I was just like, sorry, what? So that was cool. I was like, oh, all right. Usually they're just like, no, oh, whatever. Nice. Talking to your mates. That's what mm-hmm. they always say. Give me crap about that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I am talking to Min Goodwin. Min? Miniver? How do you Min, go by? Minerva. Min. I was fine. Um, now, I taught Min at uh, Gungarland College mm-hmm. two years ago. Two years ago, yep. Wasn't that a fun year? That was the old uh, COVID lockdowns. and Yep, in the midst of it all. Yeah, in the midst of it all. Now, we had uh, quite quite an eccentric class, I might call it. Yeah. If you Do you recall? I just remember it was very always lively. There was always I stuff remember, happening. yeah. It was, you know. Yeah, always interesting discussions and goings on. Yeah, uh, and I I didn't realise, I guess, I don't know if it's hard to explain, but I didn't realise what type of class you were in until the following year where they were all really quiet and polite Mm. and they just listened to each other and every time someone said something, they would go, huh. Whereas our class that we had was just a lot of shouting yeah. A lot of gesticulating, a lot of hands going. Yeah, uh, lots of argumentation. A lot of argumentation, a bit of pointing. There was always uh-huh. a bit of pointing. And mm-hmm. I realised, like, oh, God, 
that's way better. Polite classes, <laughs> you know, they, they might be nice, you know, once in a while, but it's no, you want a bit of, you know, far more interesting. So we, passion. we yeah, passion, exactly. Passion, yeah. so underrated. Now we used to have, uh, and I, I don't know what it was, but we, it was a three hour class. We did a whole week mm-hmm. of our work in one session. Yeah. And I think that was maybe that's the difference is when it's passionate and the people bring in energy ready to discuss, then that three hours went by pretty quickly. It's true. Yeah. But when, when they're all polite and it's just like, come on, energy. So that was yeah. hard. I know that like from my interactions with the other students in the class, it was a lot of people that, you know, had like particular reasons for choosing the like you know that particular time slot of like a Wednesday late Wednesday afternoon three hours all in one chunk like either they were all like they were working like a lot for at year 12 or they had like family stuff going on or you know they just were a little bit eccentric and wanted more time to themselves so yeah yeah that's true they were you know what that class did have its a good amount of excent eccentricity i think mm-hmm. it just that seemed to work i mean it was pretty volatile at times and there were, <laughs> there were some i don't know i wouldn't call them undesirables but there were quite a few <laughs> there were quite a few people who were just, yeah, yeah these are my thoughts and i'm, ne- I'm never going to budge mm-hmm. on whatever these thoughts are yeah but that's always that's pretty difficult in a, cl- in a class where you're meant to be sharing ideas yeah yeah especially the sort of topics of discussion that we ended up covering yeah. over the course of the year yeah. yeah and then later in the year it got the probably the looser one of those classes where you're like oh i really hope like the wrong person doesn't walk into the room while we're in the middle of this, <laughs> we're in the middle of this discussion into the room. Yeah, yeah the principal marches on in when we're like oh yeah all right yeah, yeah, yeah. we never yeah. usually we don't carry on like this um i wanted to just before we get into any detail one thing i remember was uh, you were frustrating to teach but not for the any reason that you would remember mm-hmm. was i could not get away with any sarcasm euphemism slice <laughs> single entendre double entendre right uh even like out the side of my mouth even a mutter to myself you were just on top of everything everything mm-hmm. but you did laugh which is always good but i was always like oh my god you're just catching every little utterance i'm saying i'm really going to have to be careful because uh-huh. often what i'm saying is you know can be derogatory <laughs> to certainly those people who are you know like we said sitting in the back corner yeah uh, but yeah you you would catch everything so i don't know is that something you notice within yourself this sort of like presence that you have or like this awareness um Not particularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I do always, you know, like I've, you know, learned that I do love learning and I do love being in a classroom. Yeah. So it's, and I always do try and, you know, pay very close attention to whatever the teacher's saying because it's usually a lot more interesting than whatever's on the surface level of what they're saying. Right. Like they're usually like, thinking two or three things at any given time that they're not you know openly expressing to right. the class. Can, can you give a i don't mean a specific example but can you expand on that a little that's a cool 
cool idea. And I'm sure any teachers listening are sort of leaning in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, specifically in my, like, I'm at university now and yeah. something, the my best tutors are the ones that are, you know, that teaching what's the course material but at the same time they're hinting towards like more broader issues that maybe you would be expected to tackle two or three years down the track right if that makes sense yeah yeah because they know all of this information even though you're not meant to necessarily be working with it yet so right. yeah there's if so long as you have like a general awareness of what those future things that they're going to tackle are, you can sort of pick up on the threads and maybe pull on them a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say you, you you were always quite good at like asking the question that I guess was like a few steps ahead of other students because of what what you were perceiving. It's very rare in a student, and you know I, I don't like to give praise away for free, but um. One thing that I always appreciated with any of the work you submitted was, and, and I'm sure I said this to you, like we have rubrics that we have to mark and tick boxes, but anything that you presented was always, you know, well above other students in terms of like just being an interesting idea. Um, you know, like in particular, I remember you did a, a presentation, I don't know if it was an audio or a visual presentation on goodbye to berlin you know the christopher mm -hmm. isherwood yeah. novel which then became cabaret and mm -hmm. wait there's more steps right i've missed a few steps there along the way yeah it was um it was like a few different novels that he wrote primarily goodbye to berlin but there was elements of some other things that he wrote and yeah. they all got a glom sort of agglomerated into um an early version of cabaret as a stage play, which then became Cabaret, the stage play, which that's then, right. became, and then Cabaret, became the movie. The movie. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I remember just listening to it and just going, well, this is a, you know, and some students have this knack of like, well, this is a 10 minute presentation with 20 minutes of information in it. Like the, the layers that you were communicating was like, you know, other students are like, I did this film and it's a good film and here are the tech. And like, you know, they follow a rubric and a pattern and mm -hmm. you're like, yes, this is all well and good. But I just remember a lot of your presentations, I was like, you know, the, the goal I always think for students is that I put down the pen. You know, I'm not marking it. I'm just listening and learning. Um, and that was always, yeah, always valuable for, from you to be like, oh, this is cool. I'm learning. I didn't know any of this stuff. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, um, and I just realized, like, it's right here, my copy of that you bought for me. Is there a little note? Maybe that's not from you. It just says a thank you note, but there's nothing inside. Um, but yes, the copy you bought for me um, when you finish year 12. Yeah. Which, you know, is either a lovely touching gift or it's an egocentric. Ego. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ego in there of like, I know you loved this, but I, I was like, cool. This is like, that's, it's like the reverse. What I would do to a student who connected to, you know, a piece of writing or a piece of work. And I'd be like, oh, I'll buy that book for them and give it to them. It's yeah. so good to have it come back the other way. Right. <laughs> it's just rare that stuff doesn't happen in that way. Like, oh, you, you connected to that piece of information I presented you with. Yeah. Here it is. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Which brings me to my next question. I'm <laughs> uh, just to clarify, did you give another teacher a copy of Mein Kampf? I did. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Wonderful. I had a really good collection of teachers that year. Um, mm. They were all really amazing. But um, that was, yeah, Mark Evans. Uh, yeah, I got, I had him for global studies and we yeah. had a very, uh, you know, sort of fractious relationship. Yeah. Uh, we spent a lot of the class time, like, arguing over pedantic points and <laughs> that sort of stuff. And there was the running joke that uh, I thought that he was a fascist. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I got him a copy of Mein Kampf because I thought that it'd be very funny. See, I mean, I, I'm going to say something to you, which is going to shock you. But uh, <laughs> we, when I finished Year 12, we did something similar, but less subtle. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you can imagine, then buying right, someone a copy of my cup. Uh, we gave out end of year awards to our teachers. Mm-hmm. And one of my good friends, who one day I would like to interview, but she's, you know, radio shy, she hated her, one of her teachers, and he was mean to her. And mm-hmm. so she said, I want to give him an award. And she presented him in front of the school with the Fascist Fat Pig Award. <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, you know, maybe maybe you could have just handed it to him off off stage. But oh yes. yeah. So that got us called up to the principal's office. Oh, I bet. Like on the last day of year twelve, like that was a good way to go out. Was like, uh, yeah, go out with a bang. Yeah, sorry, sorry, we shouldn't have done that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think Mark took the joke pretty well. Yeah, he said. I said, "Oh, I remember saying, look, you know, Min gave me like uh, goodbye to Billy." He goes, "Yeah, he gave me Mein Kampf." <laughs> Excellent. He was like, "I wonder where he got it from." Yeah, you had to order it. I'd say, right? No, it was in the bookstore. Oh, it was in the it bookstore. Was in Dimmix. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Where does that money go? That's my question. Uh, the state of Berlin owns the pub. Oh, oh, really? Sorry, the state of Bavaria owns the publishing rights. Oh, yeah. right. There you go. You you know stuff. That's maybe that's what I call this episode. <laughs> I mean, no stuff. Um. So I was gonna also talking of Evans. I remember you know he would say like he felt in his class that other students were intimidated by you in terms of you know, like the level you were talking and engaging with the teacher mm. that. He felt other students were afraid to speak up because men might come at them with knowledge. Is <laughs> that was his exact phrase? So, did you ever did you feel that when you were actually in class? I know that's an odd question to ask. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think at the time, like, I, I there was a lot of, like, I had a lot of trouble making friends in college right um because i was going through like a whole social transition at the same time and you know i was having struggles with mental health and everything so it was it was difficult for me to you know maintain friendships with my peers and i kind of felt that that was just an extension of that i guess okay yeah i mean i I guess I was aware that, yeah, and I I did, you know, I do, I am aware that I am, you know, I often have, always have something to say about whatever's, you know, the given topic that's being discussed. Um, And I 
consciously try and like stop myself from you know mm. being the like feeling like i'm taking up too much of the conversational space yeah i i get what you're saying but there there is a difference and yeah. maybe when you're a student there is no difference but certainly as a teacher there are students who take up a lot of the air in conversations mm. and but they don't have any, anything actually to say mm. they're just the first to put their hands up and you can see they're starting to talk without having the sort of cogent thought mm-hmm. in their head but they're just those people that like to dominate conversation yeah. and talk over the top of people but it wasn't that's not what you were doing you were of usually coming from a place of if not like having knowledge but you know wanting knowledge yeah. so I, I i i would imagine for other students that would be you know for other students who aren't as i don't know it's it's a frustrating thing as a teacher mm-hmm. when you're like this this is what you all should be doing it doesn't matter if you're wrong mm. but you should all be trying to work out what you think yeah but a lot of students are like oh no oh, no, 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 <laughs> I don't mm. want that. And what if someone argues with me, that will be the worst thing that, you know, could happen in my day. Whereas that's why our English class, that was never an issue. It didn't seem like I had to yeah. sort of mediate and be like, oh, all right, let's just uh, take, <laughs> take it down a notch. All right. You know, what, what you're saying is this and what you're, you know, when people start having two separate conversations, mm-hmm. but they're talking to each other, but they're on completely different tracks yeah that's where you kind of have to mediate but when it's actually like i guess robust conversation about whatever it is mm. then it, it just makes a world of difference but i think a, a lot of students are just uh, 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 i'm going to try and work out what teacher wants me to say mm-hmm. uh, but you didn't seem to have that uh issue now you're talking about like you're like making it difficult to find or make friends but in that class you seem to have like a there's a solid you know the three of you sitting in that middle section of that classroom mm-hmm. seemed like a fairly core unit now was that the same outside of class or had you like developed in because you you had the same kind of class the year before i i'm pretty sure yeah yeah they're largely um, so is that where that sort of formed and you were like all right we're sticking together in this class <laughs> as a kind of barrier or yeah, I mean the um I think the three of us did yeah, we made friends in the English class. Yeah. The same one the year before with Jess Henry. That's right, yeah. Um yeah, we we all made friends in the English class, although we shared some classes outside of that as well. Yeah. Um I had sociology with Claudia. Um don't know that I had anything with Tashani. But yeah, we um the three of us plus um Elena who wasn't in the class yeah um yeah had like sort of a pretty close knit unit going on but I didn't really you know those were sort of the only yeah we we didn't really hang out that much outside of right. class or school yeah um yeah you know sometimes we'd go get lunch or whatever if we had three periods at the same time and we'd always like hang out on Wednesdays together right because, yeah just before the English class yeah school's a bit weird like that socially isn't it yeah. you're like oh these are my best friends in this class and then yeah, exactly. to my next class and um but again you mentioned like doing sociology um mm-hmm. like you three in particular were that great group of students as well and not the only ones who would sadly so rare is that you would 
be like, oh, we talked about this in sociology or this mm. links to what we were talking about in that subject. Um, you, you, we talked about like your love of like knowledge. Has that always been with you where you're always just like, I guess, demanding of information and learning or did something kickstart in you, do you think? Um, were you precocious as a child, I guess, is the, is the question. Um, I don't know if precocious is the word. <laughs> yeah, right. I was yeah. very shy as a child. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, you know, maybe a nerd bookworm. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I've yeah, I've always been like quite interested in like you know learning and reading, and I always I was reading a lot from a very young age and yeah stuff like that. Oh, sorry, um, where, where are you going? I'm on the I'm on the call here. Oh, sorry. This is Min. Min, this is Hello. Justine. Hi, Min. Hi there. <laughs> she Did just you... had to come in and talk to the cat more. Like, sorry. You would have, we've got it on record now. She engages with the cat before engaging with me. That's how it's always been. <laughs> he just he's just going to sit there on my work folder. That's what he does. Aww. He knows it's like got marking in it, and so he just like no. Nah. Yeah. You're not doing your marking. I, Give I've me done, attention. Yeah, I've done. Um, I've sent messages to students before. Like marking is going slow, and I had like twelve photos where he was putting his paw on my work and putting yeah. his bum on people's tests and knocking my pencils off the table. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a menace, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know it. This cat, right? I mean, he's nearly asleep, so he's, you know, looking like that. But he uh, nearly died on Monday. Of oh, no. Yeah, he got stung by a bee. Oh. And he went me. into, like, rapid anaphylaxis, basically. God. We had to zoom him to the vet, and uh, Jaz, I took him to the vet, and then Jaz sort of took over, and I came home to hang out oh. with the girls. And uh, Justine said, you know, what are the chances? And they were like, oh, it's 50-50 when they're, like, the reaction's oh, just shit. bad. And she said, well, like, do you like cats? And she was obviously in a panic and like, what, what normally happens? And the vet was like, well, normally they turn up dead when they react like this. And if they don't get here in time, mm. then that's what happens. But yeah, they got obviously got him what he needed and he's yeah, just back God. to annoying me. Right as rain. Yeah. We call him the stupid prince or the Aww. ambassador. Yeah. Because look at him. Anyway, um, where were we? Where were we? We're talking about knowledge and um, whether you were, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You said a nerd. Did you ever get in trouble for reading too much? That's often a complaint. Yeah, I did. No, I yeah. fully did. Yeah. Oh, I, can you stop reading a book? Yes. It's... Yeah, no. My uh, my parents were constantly frustrated that I was uh, staying up late to read under the covers. I know. Or this... that I was, uh, you know, I'd rather be, you know, reading yeah fiction than playing soccer or rugby or whatever. exactly yes yes yeah. I, I i have a daughter who's the same just yeah can I just, yes oh I, but i always just love saying to her how dare you stop, <laughs> stop that nonsense right now like it's just yes it's always a fun thing to worry about but i remember uh when violet who's just turned 14 i remember when she was probably 10 mm. and she just read the diary of a wimpy kid books yeah. like over and over for like a year mm. and i remember getting really frustrated like can you just like read something else like just why do you keep and a friend of mine was like 
what are you saying? She's reading. Yeah. She'll, she'll move on eventually. Yeah, she'll get bored with it. But if she's reading every day, it doesn't matter what she's reading, even if it's the same books, just whatever. Mm. You'll mm. appreciate that. And I was like, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. But yeah, now Noelle is, uh, she's just, she just wants to read. Not all the time. iPad, reading. But it's the same. Like uh, sitting is way better than running around. Mm. Mm. I don't know if anyone's worked that out. I think she worked that out quite young. Yeah. No, yeah. True. So you mentioned before about um, going through a social transition. Mm-hmm. So was that at college? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much just at college. So, I um, Okay. Keep going. Yeah. I, I came out in my last year of high school right. um, and it went quite poorly, um, right. which prompted my decision to move to Gungahlin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're at a previous, you're at a different school. Yes. Yeah. I was at Darren College. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, for years seven to 10 and yeah. then came out like, it was sort of progressive over the course of year 10, like right. coming out progressively to more and more people. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sort of, yeah, in the last like month or so before the end of the year, like it became clear that I was not, I was getting quite a hostile reaction from like the faculty and the. Oh, really? Yeah. And especially like other, you know, 16 year old kids, especially 16 year old boys. Like, yeah. So, so in that process, was I, I take it like you told like closest friends first? So you said it was sort of progressive. Mm. Um, so when, was every part of that like challenging for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so was there ever a point where you felt you were relaxed with that idea of like telling people? No, no, really no. not. Like okay. up until, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, every time I told someone it was like a heart, heart wrecking moment. Right. I've, I'm, always been quite averse to confrontation um and you know even up till now it's you know it's not necessarily that i'm coming out to people so much but more them realizing like you know i look you know androgynous gender something and then them figuring out exactly what sort of gender something i am and then that like what's their reaction going to be to that and i'm still nervous right. about that you know as a 20 year old yeah it's it, it's hard isn't it to um hmm. have to continually come out i guess it's it's yeah this is portrayed in in literature or you know film in, you know you come out once everyone gives you a hug yeah or they or they stand around and clap for some reason that's yeah, they clap. a weird reaction yeah. i've never quite understood that but yes yeah, you uh, you come out by usually you come out by like kissing someone in front of everyone and then everyone claps, which yeah. is you know a yeah. horrible trope. I've, I've already discussed that with my own children. I'm like <laughs> this is trope, and I don't know what it is. I said I think it's for the audience. Like, look yeah. how accepting everyone is, yeah. and you, the audience, you're accepting too. So let's all applaud ourselves. It's very, it's a yeah, it's icky. It's like no, anyway. Um, so uh, when it when it comes to like that at, 
at a college at a college level mm. um you said like the faculty at the previous college was you you felt that was a problem for them but mm. did you ever feel that way at the other school at our school um no i don't think so at all no the faculty was always great at gungalan um yeah they i remember i had like a sit down meeting with um i can't remember who it was but it was someone in the like in like january before school went back about like you know what supports are there for you know right. you know me coming in as like a trans student yeah um and you know there wasn't necessarily like there wasn't really a ton of like specialized support but the faculty was all great like the faculty was all you know very welcoming and very accepting and very yeah. facilitating yeah so did you were you part of of a program there of uh, awareness I'm, I'm just trying to remember i know like there, there's more awareness now and there is a a group support group um mm-hmm. maybe one or two running like obviously i don't mean one or two like they're separate but like not just yeah. a 30 minute token thing a week sort of an ongoing thing yeah there was a um there was a a uh like a queer space or a queer club or something like that that ran yeah. on tuesdays i think um yeah yeah that was like you know everyone come hang out and that sort of stuff um and yeah they had previously done like a bunch of advocacy sort of stuff um with um surrounding like gender neutral toilets and stuff like that i think in the specifically in the year before i came um yeah but you know when i turned up it was just sort of that and there was like uh there was the one gender neutral bathroom on on campus yeah um yeah yeah so now you're at like um you're at Melbourne, Melbourne University. Is that the uni you're at? Mm-hmm. Um, again, like it's another step. And like you said, it's an ongoing process and trying to work out how people are going to respond. Mm. Um, was moving to Melbourne helpful in that regard? Or was it just helpful in terms of being a student? Oh, it was, no, it was incredibly helpful. I mean, I didn't move down intending on becoming a student at first. I just moved oh, okay. down to move out of Canberra. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like I'm living in the CBD in Melbourne and, you know, as welcoming as Canberra is, like it. <laughs> you said you that know, through clenched teeth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, supposedly it's the most uh, accepting and diverse yeah. jurisdiction in Australia. We voted the most uh, That's in right, favour yes. of the yes vote for the plebiscite. We do have a problem when we teach uh of students talking as if the Australia is Canberra. Like, well, yeah, that's but not a problem even... anymore. These things aren't a problem because of oh. this. And my family says this and you're like, yeah, I know, but you know, it's not... but, yeah, I know. But even in Canberra, I oh, think absolutely. that, that 
specific like that narrative of like you know we're the most progressive west it's still like a country town like yeah it's like saying oh like you said like oh we we had the highest yes vote but it wasn't a hundred percent oh it was like 70 maybe yeah Yeah. i still like you know copped abuse walking down the street and stuff like that yeah it was you know it still wasn't like easy being openly trans in public (laughs) Whereas, honestly, like, Mm -hmm. doing that same thing in Melbourne, like, especially, especially, like, I live in the CBD, I, you know, sort of spend my life in the sort of, like, surrounding suburbs around the CBD. Yeah. Um, it, It is, it's genuinely easy. Like, the, like, the worst that I'll cop is, like, a nasty look every once in a while from someone that looks like they're out of place in the Melbourne CBD. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So like it is, it is genuinely like a huge shift. And I noticed that when I came back to visit Canberra. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the same if you, when you leave anything, when you leave Australia and you come back, you notice like, mm. I remember coming back from when I lived in Japan was coming back and being like, oh, Australia's aggressive. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I don't know, like, in com- certainly in comparison to Japan. Mm. I didn't notice it when I came back from England, but I really noticed mm. Japan very restrained. But coming back was like, oh, it's going, it to pub- going to the pub is very loud and people yeah. very laugh very loudly and aggressively. Uh-huh. I don't like that. Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> isn't it? So what did you notice when you came back? Um, I the public transport is shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got a tram. We've got a tram. Oh. What are you talking about? We've got one yeah. tram. Yeah, one tram line it runs from Gungahlin to the CBD. Hey, that works for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it works for you. I bet you live in Gungahlin. I'm, yeah, it's, it goes well. <laughs> I was staying in alternatively Belco or Queenbian. Queenbian, mm. there's not even any Jesus. bus routes out there unless you like go through Q City, like which oh. is like a private company that oh, runs really? completely separate oh, bus routes. But, yeah, because it's not in the no, it's not, it's in New South Wales. Yeah, yeah right, so yeah. it's not not Action's problem. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Belco is like a half hour walk to the bus stop. Like, oh dear. Yeah. So yeah. that was a bit, bit how you going. But then also just you know walking around in in Belconnen, like walking, you know, that half hour walk to the bus stop. Yeah. And, you know, having to actually like remembering like, oh, I used to like tense a little bit when cars slowed down when they drove past me and stuff like that yeah yeah falling back into into those feelings that you just forget because if it's your day-to-day is much more pleasant yeah exactly and then that's yeah god wow Hmm. um so what are you actually studying at uni i am studying a major in uh history bachelor of arts um and i'm doing uh history and then german and russian Oh, you're learning German and Russian. Did you already you already knew a bit of German, right? Before yeah, you did I German done, at college, right? I, I did remember. German through high school and college. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you, your your German, I, I still remember in your presentation. I was like, oh, that seems very fluent. Not fluent <laughs> in terms of like speaking fluent German, but just the dropping in of words. Yeah. Um, I should I should mention, are you if you're coming back to Canberra from Melbourne, mm-hmm. do you like to tell everyone? Are you that Melbourne? Are you now a Melbourneite that likes to tell everyone? What's different in Melbourne? Like, well, it's not like this in Melbourne. Not at all. 
No. You're you resisting it? You have I to actively do, resist it? I do resist it. <laughs> I mean, a little, sometimes, like, you know, when it's, like, pertinent to the conversation, I'll sprinkle right. it in a little bit. But then, yeah. yeah, no, I did, like, I had a, um, when I moved down to Melbourne, it was with a one of my friends uh, who I was dating at the time who was whenever they'd come up to Canberra, they would like spew abuse about it, you know, like just complain nonstop. Like yeah. Canberra is the worst place in Australia. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's it's disgusting here. There's nothing to do. I can't get anywhere. Yeah. And just constantly carry on about it. So and it did it got it, it got on my nerves a little bit. You well know? that already always happens at this time of year too with the year twelves because so any of them who are going to like early they've got early admission to like sydney uni they're just oh i can't wait to get to sydney <laughs> Canberra is so boring and oh it's going to be amazing and you're like all right cool no you'll notice it's pretty uh australia is fairly homogenous it's all uh yeah it's all fairly it's the same but yeah, yeah. I, but I, I mean melbourne's as, as far as capital cities go seems to be the pick yeah, it always seems to. Be, I don't know. There's something about it. I I went to uni in Newcastle, and there's something that connects them, like Newcastle and Melbourne. Yeah, like there's a similar feel. Like it's, you know, it's a massive capital city, but it doesn't feel like a. I don't know. There's something about it that mm. it's, very, it's very familiar. There's a lot of people I know who grew up in Newcastle that moved to Melbourne and are like, huh, this this fits. They don't go to Sydney, and maybe that's like, oh, Sydney. It's I don't know Sydney, no Newcastle. We we hate Sydney. It's yeah. Who knows? It's that weird yeah. tribalism that makes no sense. It's true to anyone. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you there. We'll um wrap it up. It's been great catching up with you, man. Yeah, of course. And, um, Thank you so much. And that's it. Thanks for talking. Of course. Thank you. That was cool.